This sermon was recorded at Church of the Ascension, an Anglican parish in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, whose mission is to be a worshipping community that equips God's people and shares Christ's healing with a broken world. For more information, please visit ascensionpittsburgh.org. I hate to even speak and break this moment, but would you pray with me? God, on this most holy day, we beg you to draw near to us. Would you open our imaginations and our hearts and our minds and our wills to you, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, we may have a new experience of you, that we may come to love you more. We pray this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Good afternoon. My name is Lauren Scharf. I am the newest liturgical assistant here at Ascension, which, as Jonathan has explained, is a made-up position, uh, but a position I am nonetheless happy to fill. And I am especially happy to be here today as we rehearse and retell and relive the center of our story, the story of Jesus on the cross is the center of gravity for us. It is the thing that pulls all things to it. And so I'm honored to be here on this day. And when I heard that Deacon Mark was going to be involved in this service, I knew he was basically going to do my job for me. And so he has. So thank you, Mark, for that beautiful retelling from John's Gospel. The church traditionally gathers at noon on this day because the scriptures tell us it was at noon that Jesus was hung on the cross and it was at noon that darkness fell over the entire earth. And for three hours they stood in darkness and for those three agonizing hours they waited and Jesus suffered until he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And he breathed his last breath, and he died. And so why do we come here when we are having an egregiously dreary spring and we have a fine day outside? Why do we come in here to sit in the shadow of the cross to submit to this kind of darkness? Well, it's because our story has no light without this darkness. And that's why we must submit to it today. And so friends, we gather here as a community to stand below the cross with Jesus's beloved. We stand with his mother, Mary, and his aunt. We stand with his dear friends, John and Mary Magdalene. We stand with Mary, the wife of Clopas. We stand with this small crowd and we wait and we pray and we watch. Because we know that the dawn of Easter is coming, but there is no dawn and there is no light without this darkness. 
And so because we are waiting in these hours of darkness, just as they did that day at Golgotha, I want to speak briefly about the three darknesses that the scriptures teach us come against us and our faith. The first one is the darkness of the world. We live in a uniquely horrifying time in human history. We live in a time when we can wake up and without even getting out of our beds, just reaching onto our nightstand, we can grab that small glowing tyrant <laughs> that is our cell phone and we can see the darkness of the world. All we have to do is check our newsfeed. As I was thinking about the darkness of the world, what comes to mind, of course, is what I imagine comes to mind for most of you, which is the unconscionable war in the Ukraine. I watch the images. I mean, and that tells you something about how horrifying this moment in history is, that we don't just hear the news, we see it. We have video. And I watch that, and if you're like me, you feel sad and scared and just physically sick over the images. And I feel the weight of the darkness of the world in which we live. And then I think that those images that I'm seeing from the Ukraine are just some fraction of the darkness that really is in the world, right? Ukraine has the attention of the world right now, but there are atrocities going on all the time in places of the world that are less poor or less European, and so they are receiving less attention. But they are not escaping the attention of God. And I know that beyond a shadow of the doubt because I know what happened on the cross. And I see both God's love and his wrath, his absolute hatred for the darkness in the world. And the same, the, the side of the same coin, the opposite side is his love. He cannot let this darkness stand and so he must punish it and he knows that that punishment would utterly destroy his beloved. And so out of his great love, he takes that punishment on himself. That is what we're seeing today happen on the cross. And I know, more horrifyingly so, that I don't have to look at the images on my cell phone to see atrocities being committed. I just have to look as far as my own heart. And I'm not using the word atrocity flippantly. I mean that when I say that I have done things that are also unconscionable. I may not have physically murdered people, but I have certainly murdered people in my heart. Sometimes multiple times, I've brought them back to life just to murder them again. I have done that. I see the darkness inside of me. And the older I get, the more I resonate with the Apostle Paul. Some of you know this passage from Romans. It's famous because a lot of people resonate with it. He says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, that I do. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, that I keep on doing. 
If some people think that Paul was not talking about the regenerate, he was not talking about the saved, I disagree because I know my own heart. And I know that though I am completely redeemed because of the cross, I trust in that every moment of every day I have to. I also know that I still yet contend with the flesh, the second darkness that the scriptures tell us about. I know that I am not the patient and kind and wise and loving and self-controlled woman and priest and mother and daughter and teacher and friend that I want to be. I simply can't do it, at least not on my own. And so I see the darkness out in the world and it's frightening and then I see the darkness inside of me and that's also frightening. But as we sit in the darkness in these three hours, we don't need to be frightened. In fact, what happens on the cross takes away all fear. It means that we can face into all of the darkness, knowing that the light of the world has come to take care of it. Back on Christmas, right, we're telling the story, we're telling the great story, and on Christmas we tell the story of a light coming into the world. And today we pass through to the end of Lent and we watch the light of the world be snuffed out into darkness. And it's because of me, and it's because of you, and it's because of them, and it's because of us. We are so loved that the cross had to happen. God hates the darkness so much that the cross had to happen. And so we contend with this darkness in the world, in ourselves, and finally our great enemy, the devil that would love and does accuse us. That's one of his great works in the world, is as the accuser, the one that tells us that what happened on the cross might have worked, but it didn't work for me, and it didn't work for you. Something was too great that you have done. That's one of the accusations that our enemy loves to make. The other accusation, is to make us feel shame and guilt over things that we have no business feeling shame and guilt over. Later on today, we are going to be asked to write our sins on these purple papers in your bulletins. And I want to encourage you to write as freely as you are able to because there is no more condemnation because of Good Friday. There is nothing to be afraid of. We are at the hinge point in history where the light of the world is snuffed out into darkness so that the darkness will then be consumed by the light. The cross is that hinge point, and that's where we are today. And so all of this darkness is being consumed by the light, and we're told in Revelation we get a beautiful picture of what will happen when all of the darkness is finally snuffed out. And yet we still contend for a while with that darkness. And so we're going to write that darkness on our purple sheets of paper. And I want to encourage you to write the fullness that you can of the darkness that you see inside you. And I also want you to think about the things that you might feel shame or guilt over that are the accuser, they are not real. We have 
an enemy that would love to tell us that we ought to be ashamed of who we are or that we are finite, right? We are told to live up to these impossible standards. We put them on ourselves and then we feel shame when we can't meet them. I don't think the Lord intended us to feel shame over the way that we were made, over the good things that he put in us, over the shape of our bodies, over the present state of our bank account. We feel crazy false shame and the accuser loves that. But I'll tell you, write that on your purple sheets as well because I know that shame, even if it's false shame, is real. And it really prevents us from living in the light of Christ. And so Jesus can take that too. Write that as well. Our great enemies come to lie to us. The world will tell us that you have nothing to put on your sheet of paper because sin is just an idea. You shouldn't walk around feeling guilty. There's nothing wrong. And that is a lie. And the enemy will tell you that you yet stand accused and there is no place to put that sin. And that is a lie. And your flesh is going to tell you something entirely different. Your flesh, at least mine does, tells me that I ought to be able to cast the darkness off myself. That I want to do it on my own. And so I hold on to my chains. I hold on to them, the chains that Jesus took off of me, set me free from. I pick them back up and I hold on because I wanted to be the one to have done it. That ego in us, that's what the flesh is saying, is that I ought to deal with these sins and get right and do better. And that is also a lie. And so we come here today facing into this real darkness, the real darkness that is frightening, that is out in the world, and the real darkness inside of us, and the real lies that swirl around us all the time. We ask Jesus to cut through all of that. And when we go outside, I think it's Kevin is going to take our purple sheets of paper and he's going to burn them for us. And we are going to get to see an image of light consuming our darkness and carrying it far away from us, as far as the east is from the west. That is what is accomplished today. And so friends, I pray as we move on, we've heard this beautiful story that again is our center point. We've heard it from Deacon Mark. I hope I've explained it a bit just now and we're going to move into the Stations of the Cross as well. And so we engage again in that story. Consider what the Lord is asking you to give to him because he was strong enough to bear it all and it is finished today. Amen.